0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Fox Force 5. How are you, Nicola Murphy? Good morning, Kitty. I am well, and you... I'm not bad. It's a beautiful morning here actually, but it's very windy, strangely. Um, yeah,
1: it's windy here as well and we have a wind warning, and we thunder and lightning now. It's all kicking off. Whoa. It's like being in Spain <laughs> in the summer.
0: Amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. On some <laughs> tropical island. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't that be nice? Um, no, it's all good. I am up to 90 between uh, house moves, children moves, sick children, impending massive hen party, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Well,
1: I apologize for my part in the busyness no, for all. you. I'm afraid. I'm just, uh, timing. Really
0: looking forward to the anaesthetic of the weekend now and um, and zoning out a bit, <laughs> to be honest with you.
1: Unfortunately, it may take you a week to recover. That's the only thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I'll just have to power on through, power on through. Uh, I'll try to remember to have a glass of water between every drink <laughs> or something, or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's all good. And, um, yeah, just, you know, just as I say, working, working the way through the to-do list. How are you? What's been going on?
1: Oh, good now, getting pumped for the weekend. Pump, pump, pump. Are you on holidays? holidays. I'm on holidays. I I took a full week off, so I'm very glad I did it. Um, I was trying not to use my annual leave, but then I'm like, I may have a nervous breakdown before the wedding. Mm -hmm. So it's good to just take a break I think now because it'll be a full five week. It's six weeks today till the wedding. So mother of Jesus. Uh, (laughs) So uh, yeah, taking a bit of a chill break this week and back to the madness then next week. But Yes, all is well. I had my flower After to try to contact her for three months. I finally smoked her yesterday. So
0: that's a great development. Oh, wow. It's amazing when you get those things that have been hanging over you out of the way. It's like, thank God. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah but like, you know, I wouldn't necessarily recommend people get married in a big, <laughs> in a big way.
0: No, <laughs> because, I know. Because, oh my
1: God, like it's just all encompassing of your life for like a year mm-hmm. and a half. And like at the start, I was like, nah, that won't be me. That won't be me. Jesus, you can't really avoid it, no, you know. There's so, so much to yeah. it,
0: like there's so much yeah. to it, yeah. Speaking of, we both are up the walls today, so we better kick off. Yeah, that's true. Okay, uh, here we go. Number one. One. So I thought you'd like this one, Nicola. It's not completely hen related, but I thought it's alcohol related, so to get us in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> for the weekend. So uh, this is the Total Beginner's Guide to Tasting Wine Like a Pro. Uh, so when you're in a supermarket, pub or restaurant, do you feel stumped when presented by the selections of wine on offer? There's just so much choice, etc. Whether it's red, rosé, white, sweet or dry, fruity or, flav- or savoury, full-bodied or light, there are so many options and sometimes the language can make things even more confusing. Do you really taste the cut grass notes <laughs> that the label proclaims? Do you find yourself trying to find the... Hint of blackcurrant, but fail. Uh, There is an article on the BBC from Anjali Douglas. Uh, She's a professional wine tasting teacher about choosing wine that matches your mood, your food and your taste. So firstly, she says, don't be put off by wine tasting stereotypes. Anyone can enjoy wine tasting. You don't need loads of fancy equipment. You just need a bottle opener and a couple of wine glasses. And then you need to understand the basics. Wine is made by converting... I can't believe we're talking about wine this early in the day. Wine is made by converting sweet grape juice into alcohol uh, by a process of fermentation. So the two main things that distinguish one wine from another are the grape variety and the climate. For some wines, it will be easy to see what grape variety it is, as it's written on the bottle, like Chardonnay or Le Sauvignon Blanc. They're all names of grapes. And then these are varieties, like apples in supermarkets, will have different characteristics. So Angelina says um, other wines, including Burgundy and Rioja, our type of wine that are named after a region, so this is common with wines from France Italy, and Spain and um, she said here you might have to look up what grapes are used. All wines will tell you where they are from on the label. It can be a big country or a small tiny village um wines that come and I did not know this wines that come from a cooler climate like parts of France Germany, or the u k will taste fresher and lighter, whereas a warm climate will make wines much richer and fuller. One isn't necessarily better or worse than the other, they're just different. Interesting, I didn't know that either. Mm -hmm. So the basic types of wine are red wine, uh, one you're familiar with yourself there, Nicola. Uh, A wine made with black grape varieties like Merlot, Syrah or Cabernet Sauvignon. The black grape skins soak into the liquid, imparting a red colour. Red wines can dry out your mouth. The reason being the grape skins include the chemical compound Tannis. Which are very bitter. They are also present in black tea, which is why you've, if you've ever overbrewed a cup, it can leave a sticky, dry feeling on your palate. That's the tennis. Ah, interesting. This is such an interesting article. <laughs> white, uh, a wine usually made with white grapes like Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, or Riesling. Uh, Just the fleshy pulp inside a grape is used to make these so there's no colour from the skins. Rosé, sort of a weak tea version of red wine. The skins of black grapes are just soaked for a short time in the fermenting juice so a tiny bit of colour is imparted, making the wine pink. Dessert, a wine with lots of natural sugar. It will taste very sweet and thicker and heavier when you taste it. Fortified wine has extra alcohol added to it. Usually this is a spirit. It's historically been done as a method to preserve the wine. And sparkling, wine that has CO2 trapped and dissolved in the wine, giving it bubbles or a sparkle. Okay, so when you're going to go to taste it, you pour out 50 ml into a glass. There should be enough space for you to swirl it in your glass without it landing on the carpet. um, And this will help release the aromas. Um. So no flute glasses. So then she says, um, here you need to think about appearance, nose and palate of the wine. So the appearance, have a look at the wine. Is it red, white, rosé? Can you see any bubbles? Then look at how deep or light the colours are as they could indicate what to expect from wine. For example, a very deep red means the wine is very full bodied Nose. Give the wine a swirl and a smell. What aromas are there? All wines have fruity aromas. Look for citrus, stone or tropical fruits in whites and red or blackberry fruits in reds. Then is there anything else? Spicy aromas like vanilla or clove might indicate the wine has been stored inside an oak barrel. And then palate. This is the best bit. This is what you can taste when you sip the wine. Try to get it all around your mouth like mouthwash. Consider, are there any other flavours you can taste as well as the aromas you can smell? How light or heavy does it feel? Can you taste any sweetness? Are you finding it particularly mouth-watering and refreshing? Is the alcohol warming up your palate or is it not very noticeable? For reds, you might want to pick up some bitterness. You might pick up some bitterness. Ask how much it is drying out your mouth. And then this is quite funny. She says, swallow the wine or spit it out. I spit it when I'm working, says Angela. Mm-hmm. But when you're at home, swallowing the wine can actually be beneficial. And not just because it means the wine doesn't go to waste. You might feel different alcohol levels a bit better towards the back of your palate, near your throat. It's that mm. warming feeling you might experience if you've had a spirit see if you can taste that it just makes me think of whiskey you know when it hits the back of your throat
1: yeah that heat you get in your throat yeah. and everything yeah horrible.
0: and then the finish is there's kind of like almost sexual connotations to all this but anyway the finish uh, this is the length of time the positive flavors linger on the palate for example how long does the taste of blackcurrant or strawberry oh my screen just went off <laughs> my script <laughs> sorry Oh no. the longer you can taste it after you've swallowed or spat it out the high quality of wine and then there's way more about comparing wines and a glossary of wine phrases and stuff so look it up it's on the BBC it's really it was really interesting I mean I know all about wine really I know what I like and food. what I don't like I don't drink red at all except it- <laughs> it's like 4 o'clock in the morning there's nothing left less- <laughs> left to drink
1: Yeah, no, um, I, I only drink it with food now really mm. like if I drank it when I was out I'd get Larry you know Poor yeah. sure. <laughs> so I have to like like not drink wine out and about but like dinner I love a good red and when we were trying the wine for the wedding she like, I don't pick a notion I just know what I like and don't like You yeah. know, and I don't drink white anymore mm-hmm. so like one was a 7M and, and one was a Pinot Grigio and one was like this organic thing I was like oh god but the pink Grisha was just easy to
0: drink. So mm-hmm. I was like,
1: that must be a good sign. <laughs> you
0: know, it wasn't yeah.
1: that strong I think either way. In, inoffensive
0: is good, like, you know, unless yes, you've got some yeah. serious wine connoisseurs. And in that case, they're probably just going by their own bottle of wine, you know, if they're that particular yeah. about or whatever. So, yeah. So there you um, go. I could totally see myself we turning into... into <laughs> That of wine, a, a wine, a wine, yeah, in later years. Go on. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, years ago, we our work actually put
1: on a wine tasting event yeah. on like a Wednesday night, you know, mm-hmm. and like I work in a very international company, obviously. So I'd say they didn't think much about it, you know, it'd be fine, like, oh, Jesus, it was like 15 quid and all you could drink wine because it was all, <laughs> oh, tasting wine. But sure, we were like in our 20s. We got mm-hmm. absolutely... shit-faced and most random wines like it's my first time ever trying Riesling like Mm -hmm. it was about maybe nine years ago (laughs) so every time I think of wine tasting we actually had a wine tasting course but just was so pissed don't remember
0: (laughs) it's funny because um, we would have done it a few times when we were travelling in South America and Australia and New Zealand and stuff and and You don't realize because they just give you a mouthful and you're like, oh, it's a tiny mouthful. But then you've had eight tiny mouthfuls, and that you realize that's like two big glasses of wine or whatever, and you're getting a bit squiffy. And then you're like, we'll just buy the bottle of Limoncello. Yeah, we'll just drink that. It'll be lovely.
1: Um, oh my god! Yeah. Geez. So but yeah, we, that, that's the dream for um, honeymoon. I'd love to wine tasting. Like, oh, you know, it's Italy great. It's somewhere. great,
0: and um, they treat you like an adult, and you don't feel like an adult when you're doing it. <laughs> but like, um, do you know Irish people? We can't take anything like this seriously. <laughs> no, exactly. I've never done it. We did it actually in Budapest as well. We did like a nice. a river cruise wine tour thing as well. But again, it was like. It's good though because you're like, mm, that's nice. Oh, that's terrible. You know, <laughs> then yeah. you'd be swapping with people. You have that one, I have this one. You know, mm. so that's uh, no, nice. It's just different things too. And it's nice when you're in wine-producing regions, you know, to to taste their mm. wine as well. So, there you go. Starting the podcast this week a bit boozy. Hope everyone's got a glass of wine <laughs> in their hand by now. <laughs> Moving on to number two.
1: So I'm going to be very honest with you this week. Uh, this I have kind of made the decision that we're going to just watch very light, funny stuff for the next six weeks because mm. I think I just don't want anything heavy, you know. So mm. I'll probably be talking about a lot of funny, light stuff. So over the weekend, uh, we went back to rewatching the U.S. Office. Which, if nobody has oh, nice. ever watched, and like the U.K. Office put you off, then please. Go back to the US office It is just such a joy Oh my gosh So, so, so funny Mm -hmm. Jan Kerensky The cast in it Is unreal And it's just so funny Like the first season's a bit dodgy And it's like Even the video of it Like the the quality of it Is so poor You know Because I don't think they thought It was going to take off at all But as it goes on And like a really good love story In it Between, uh, you know Pam and What's his bloody name But it's so good So Mm. if you haven't watched it then definitely get back on it. And my next one is, that is Parks and Recreation. I don't know mm. if people have watched that. It. It's all on Netflix. Again, really light, really funny. Amy Poehler uh, in that as the main character. And uh, we might talk about more about that in the future. Because not everyone would have watched it when it was no. on, but Two hilarious
0: sitcoms for people to get their uh, claws their, into. Their series, all right, that were not widely available, say you'd have to kind of hunt them out at the time, whereas now they're all on Netflix, aren't they? And you can just binge the whole yeah, thing.
1: Yeah, it's very handy. So, mm-hmm. um, And they're so good. And like total brain dead TV where you just turn it on and you can kind of have a laugh. And like we rewatched Friends a few years ago, same vibe, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of get a lot more out of it. You could watch it multiple times and get more out of it.
0: You yeah. Know, so, yeah. Um, yes. It's amazing how much enjoyable. you forget as well. You think like you've seen it all and then you're like, whoa, I don't remember this. Yeah,
1: exactly. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, of course, the highlight of the weekend, and I know you watched it also, was the Eurovision Song Contest. And this year it was, of course, full of some controversy. Mm. So did you? Well, firstly, the controversy that the UK
0: nearly won the bloody thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel so sorry for that guy, Sam Ryder. He is just. The nicest nice. human being. He reminds me of Tom, our cousin. Tom Keen, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, oh, I felt sorry for him. He's just such a happy, chappy, and like, oh God, mm. he's just so nice. I felt really bad for him, and it was such a shame they didn't win. But look, obviously, mm. you know, we want to throw our support behind Ukraine, and um, yeah, and yeah, it's fantastic that it sends a message to Russia, you know, about the world supporting Ukraine. I mean, they were. They blew it out of the water, didn't they? They got their points were through the roof like, you know, so although on yeah. the uh and the the jury vote, the UK one didn't they? And the jury vote. And then it was only the public Yeah, voting. but
1: like the jury's like not always right. You know, like yeah. last year was the same. Do you remember that Switzerland, the guy from Switzerland, I think, was very, it was very kind of melody kind of one That was leading the whole time. And then mm-hmm. next thing, the votes came in and, and Menskin won, the Italian group. So yeah. it's, um, I, overall, I was a bit disappointed with it. I thought it was kind of boring actually Uh, this year I thought Spain were going to win
0: you know the really sexy one
1: yeah I was like oh my god with with her gorgeous bottom lots of gorgeous bottoms oh my god but you know it was I just thought it was a bit boring like I remember maybe three yeah. or four of them. A lot of them were just ballads. And it was yeah. kinda like me. I kinda like the Serbian one with the hand washing, you know, it was kind of mad. Weird. That yeah, that was weird. <laughs> it was weird. No, it seemed Pushed to be like end. the
0: high energy ones were all at start and then it just went Ugh.
1: totally yeah. boring for like eight or nine songs. It was, oh God. And I quite liked Friends, and they didn't get anywhere. They you know they oh, sang I loved and,
0: Friends. That was my favorite yeah, song. Yeah, because yeah, I'd heard yeah, it during the day too. and I was like,
1: oh, this is a bit of a banger. Um, yeah, and they and I liked like their, half their the song. Yeah. It was yeah. Weird. And I liked their um, screen, like all mm-hmm. their kind of stage presence was class mm-hmm. and the way they, they designed it and all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so there has obviously been some controversy since about six of the nations, how, um, so was Azerbaijan, San Marino, Romania and Poland, actually, and sorry, again, Montenegro as well. So there were six nations in total where the points were off and the jury was obviously picking out your man. You know, the main guy who's quite attractive with a scar over his eye. And he's like the, <laughs> the guy who looks after all the points at the Eurovision, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you watch that part? No. They were like, oh, we have technical difficulties from this city and. Oh we're having technical di- and it was like that's weird they never have that many technical difficulties. Okay. So there's been there was a regularity in the votes and some of the countries didn't want to read out the votes and things like that. So it was the first time ever they've had like wow. uh, well for recent years that they had an issue with it. So we don't really know what Why? exactly has happened.
0: It's mm. kind of it's kind of confusing to understand it I'll be honest. But um do you think they just didn't want to be um seen by Russia to be voting. Yeah. And like some of them said that, so like in Azerbaijan, um, apparently
1: the country that had received the most points was the Ukraine. But then they said that they weren't going to read it out or something like that. Yeah. And then again, like the Romanian one was, um, their, their vote wasn't even taken into consideration. So it's weird. So we'll have to look into it a bit more. But um, I don't think it's been a full statement it yet. So a lot of people mm. are speculating what actually happened. Yeah, But, it's an interesting one and obviously it shows why they need to have that, you know, team that kind of oversee all the results and things like that because it mm. can be very political. Obviously, the Ukraine won in the end, like I actually liked their song. It was very catchy, mm. very Eurovision, totally wild. Mm-hmm. They were representing like different regions within the Ukraine like some of them had to get a uh, dispensation from the army to, come to be on there. Farm. I, know. This thing. I know the guy in the Ukraine who was uh, presenting uh, the Eurovision, you know, the TV presenter mm-hmm. like in the Ukraine was in a bomb shelter for the week, mm-hmm. you know? So like Jesus Christ gave them the awards and yeah, like absolutely. absolutely the UK, I'm sure are a bit upset about it some people, but like, listen, it's the whole purpose of it was designed after world I, war two, uh, yeah. trying to bring people together, together yeah. and that's, purpose. I don't think, um,
0: having listened to the coverage here and stuff this week, I don't think people are disappointed at all. I think it's the best performance the UK had since 1997 and a lot of people are saying like that Sam Ryder was on this mission. Now, it's very good PR spin, if that's what it is, but that he was on this mission to sort of change people's attitudes towards Eurovision because there's very much this attitude of, oh, what's the point? Because the songs are all crap and we send a crap song, so what's the point? And um, he got a a lot of support in advance of the competition and he was one of the favourites. So there was a lot of talk about him and hype, you know. So, and in his pre concert, um, interviews and stuff, he was just saying, look, my mission is to try and change the narrative around Eurovision in the UK. And if I can convert some people to it um, and stop this negativity about it, then that's what I want to achieve. And I think he really has done that. So I feel like there Mm -hmm. is, like not with everybody, obviously, but with a huge chunk of the population. And I think that he is a great ambassador for it. And He's just a, I think because he was discovered on TikTok and stuff, he's very normal. You know, he's not part of the, he's not industry grinded down yeah. by the industry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no, he seemed very nice. And very human still. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So look, it was interesting. Charlotte, I wasn't like keen on the song, I'll be honest. I didn't Neither was saying, I. Oh, no, like, I was like, everyone's raving about And I was like, I, I played it one day and I was like, oh. Uh, I just didn't a, really get it I was yeah. like, yeah,
1: what's another nice Badity kind of yeah, no. I wouldn't really say it was a Eurovision banger Like we no. had some... Last year that you would have listened to past the Eurovision, yeah. there's none of that this year, really. I thought, but that's just my thoughts. But it goes on so long; so it didn't finish till ten past twelve. Yeah. We were in um our friend Shane's house, and I was like half hanging, like mm. just wrecked by the time mm. it came. Yeah, crazy e- late,
0: and Ruth but- came over here too, and we were like by the time it finished, then we were half pissed and we were like blah blah blah, blah. and got to bed till two o'clock I was like thank you Eurovision and um, five thousand tons of crisps wine and pizza labor. Uh, but all good actually it was funny because Ruth when Ruth was arriving here she went into the wrong house <laughs> she walked oh, in no! she walked in the door two doors down and was like Kelly and they were like can we help you <laughs> and, she was oh, like, and she was like oh sorry and then they were like yeah, well if you're looking for a Eurovision party and she was like actually <laughs> So it was quite Too funny. Too funny. They were having a Eurovision yeah, party, that yeah, is, yes. Yeah, yeah. so there you go. But um, yeah, so that was that. So cool. Right. Moving along. Number three. Three. So our Fox of the Week is a woman I hadn't really heard much about before. She's a slightly controversial character, um, which I'll tell you about in a minute. But also, what uh, an amazing character as well. So uh, her name is Margaret Sanger. Have you ever heard of her? Um, Sounds familiar, I so, think, yeah. So she was born in New York to Irish parents in 1879 and is best known for founding the birth control movement in the United States oh. in the 1900s. Her father was a free thinking stonemason, Michael Hennessy. He had emigrated to the United States at age 14, joining the army in the Civil War as a drummer aged 15. Upon leaving the army, he studied medicine and phrenology, but ultimately became a stonecutter, chiselling out angels, saints and tombstones. Michael became an atheist and an activist for women's suffrage and free public education. He sounds like a character in his own right. Anyway, the term birth control is one that Margaret Sanger coined herself. And was a hugely controversial topic at the time. She worked as an obstetric nurse on New York's Lower East Side, a poverty stricken immigrant area. She noticed that there were strong correlations between poverty and childbirth, such as children that families could not afford to have as a result of uncontrolled fertility, high rates of infant and mother mortality and serious injuries and even death as a result of illegal abortions gone wrong. In 1914, she wrote that enforced motherhood is the most complete denial of a woman's right to life and liberty. She felt that women everywhere could be helped if they had the facts about contraception, which she made available through articles and publications such as What Every Girl Should Know for the New York Call. In 1916, she went a further step and opened America's first birth control clinic in Brooklyn, for which she was arrested. The clinic was closed nine days later. Sanger published her own periodical The Birth Control Review and founded the American Birth Control League which would later become Planned Parenthood. However, though she contributed so much to women's health her legacy is undeniably complicated as a result of her vocal support for the eugenics movement. So basically her whole idea about sort of preventing births of children who were being born into poverty and you know where there was child mortality she kind of extended it to People who had medical complications. So she thought that people who had, say, like disabilities or genetic issues mm-hmm. shouldn't have children, essentially. So, yes, mm-hmm. obviously very controversial. So Sanger mm-hmm. was uh, also an inspiration for Wonder Woman, a comic book character introduced by William Marston in 1941. 1940- Marston was influenced by early feminist thought while in college and later formed a romantic relationship with Sanger's niece, Olive Byrne. According to Jill Lepore, several Wonder Woman storylines were at least in part inspired by Sanger, like the character's involvement with different labour strikes and protests. So there you go. Kind of brief this week, but interesting person that you could. There's tons. So she was Irish. Her, her parents guess. were Irish. She was born in America. Yeah. yeah. That's yes, um, but
1: like you'd think that you know like although a lot of Irish people are very rebellious like that I have to say you know we've had a story it's like that you hear of like yeah you've been born in different countries and then they're like well fuck
0: this I'm not accepting the, the minute they are. The minute they get out of the clutches of the church and they can start seeing things yeah. for the, themselves back then you know and having a clear view of um, what was going on you know but um, mm. yeah really interesting character so yes yeah, supposedly She actually coined the phrase birth control, you know, so, um, which seems like a very American phrase, but um, yeah, Margaret Sanger, 1879 to 1966. Very interesting. Interesting. Okay, uh, number four. Four. So, this is actually your tip this week, and uh, I
1: was lazy, so I went with it. So,. Uh, Actually, it was Keras who put us onto it. It was. Mm -hmm. Accidentally on purpose. But um, so, uh, yes, the Be Real app, which we both downloaded in the last week. Mm -hmm. So Be Real is supposed to be kind of the solution to social media and um, in April. Constructed reality.
0: Constructed reality. Yeah, Yeah. constructed reality
1: for individuals. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically the purpose behind it is that you your front facing camera and your back facing camera take a picture at the exact same time and it it basically asks you at a certain time during the day to do it
0: right uh, so yeah. it
1: means that mm-hmm. yeah at a random time so it means that people can't like go and, you know, make something. up these very fancy areas like they're something very fancy or whatever it may be, you know. Um, so it's about, I suppose, showing more of a real life snapshot of your life um, rather than it being something like we said, that's like very glam or whatever it may be. And like because your face is in it, it's not exactly the nicest pose, you know, you can look rotten and <laughs> that's just the way it goes, like. Um, but it's obviously a picture based app and it's um, getting attention basically because of breaking down the social media obsession with perfectionism and rewriting the rules and posting content that's not authentic and the format similar to Snapchat, but there's no editing, no do overs. If you do the Apple and others, um flagging exactly how many retakes it took, which I didn't know, which is guess. The app prompts you at random times of the day to take a quick snap using both your front and back facing camera simultaneously and post them within a two minute window of the notification to allow friends to see what you're doing in real time. I actually didn't know it was two minutes and I was wondering mm-hmm. why it kept telling me I was only had two you're minutes late. to do it. I was like, What's
0: happening? Or I was late. Yeah. Because they don't That's want the you only to thing. curate it exactly. So if you're like, Oh, yeah. what like take a picture of now? It's asked me to take a picture, it's supposed to be like you have to do it right there and then because that shows your real world that you're living in and what you're actually doing rather than this Instagrammable poser lifestyle, you know. Um, Yeah, it's true.
1: I'm late for it quite often, but um, if you post outside that two-minute window as well, obviously it tells people that it's been posted late and uh, users will be notified that the post isn't a true representation of your life at the The moment.
0: The thing is, actually, I had... I don't know how, I did get a sound notification for it one day. It has an interesting little sound notification. So if you have your sound on your phone, yeah, it's like a... I never have my phone. Neither do I. I never have my sound on either. So it says something like... It goes like so you kind of you'll hear it if your phone is on as well because yeah because you've only got the two minutes you can't really if you don't check your phone regularly yeah. you're going to miss it aren't you but um, or if, yeah. it's your phone and emergency. it is I, for a
1: while there I was like is it 7 o'clock in the evening but no it is random it is random time yeah it's totally random but, like it's yeah. just nice because like obviously like I've only a couple, I've only four people on it I have you Karis my hairdresser and um, some random person that I don't know how I followed. But anyway, and like, you know, you can avoid having your face in it if you wanted to. But like, I think it's the the whole principle is to have your face in it and show that you were not always perfect all the time and all that stuff. So um, if people want to start... Uh, adding it, uh, you'll be prompted to add people so you can add us if you want. I don't know if you add a name or it's my phone number, to be honest with you, but it, search your, it searches your contacts, in a way. Yeah. yeah, it searches your contacts indeed. So if people want to get on it, we'll all start sharing our real life, um, uh, pictures. And yeah, you know, there was one, your one was the last night, the night before, and it was like the kids' book, and then your your face with like the shush, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: that's real world, all right, um, but it's just the timing that I keep missing. That's the only mm-hmm. I would say it's a bit annoying about it because I would like to do it better. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, it's great. It just, you know, it's nice to know what other people are up to. Yeah. And like even yesterday I was out with Emma and it was kind of nice that she was in it. She was like smiling back at it when I took yeah. like the backwards one, you know, we were just doing our food shopping. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was
0: nice. It's like, yeah. This yeah, is it's the like the world. antithesis of Instagram, you know, it's like yeah. Instagram is like, this is the most perfect picture I could possibly take of this thing. And then this is like, this is exactly what I was doing in this moment and look at my five chins. You know what I mean? Exactly. And but it's also wh- it's, it's nice because you get
1: way more of an idea of somebody's life, don't mm-hmm. you? Then like you would do an Instagram or whatever. Yeah. So I'm sure there'll be some gas ones coming up, but they weekend you got to know what we'll be doing on that so
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. there could be willies and all who knows <laughs> <laughs> jeez we've no willies i have to put that in the shopping list <laughs> oh hilarious I okay joke, cool I so joke. that's be real but it's be cool real. so
1: at be real and it's obviously on the app store for samsung iphone all that
0: chat so get on it and us as friends let's all start being real on it like a it okay number five five so this is a really messed up story and I wasn't aware of it at the time. <laughs> um, but I think I sent it to you as a link during the week. I was like, what? Um, Neil Patrick Harris apologises oh, yeah. for Amy Winehouse's corpse joke after photos resurface. This is so weird. So, I didn't look up the pictures. I was a bit like, oh, no. oh gosh, can I? Uh, no, I don't think I, you could probably find them, but I didn't look them up either. Um, so Neil Patrick Harris, So who m- most people might know him as Doogie Howser or he's in um, How I Met Your Mother. Um, he's presented he the it. Emmys, hasn't he? Um, he's he's big into
1: like musicals and all that. He's mm-hmm. always doing the Tonys and yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's quite a yeah, massive. Yeah. Um, Hollywood style. Like he'd be bigger over there than here, like, but he's
0: massive in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so anyway, he has a, issued an apology for a joke that he made about Amy Winehouse's death. The singer passed away age 27 from alcohol poisoning. I mean, it's mad when you think back. She was only 27. Do you know the way so, you think someone's always older than you? Because. In fact, she was younger than me when she died. But anyway, it's yeah, just weird. But God
1: love her. She looked about 55. Mm. So, so know, she passed away age 27
0: from alcohol poisoning on the 23rd of July, 2011. Three months after her death, Harris and his husband, David Burtka, hosted a Halloween party which featured a food platter decorated to look like the corpse of Amy Winehouse. After the photo resurfaced on social media 11 years later via BuzzFeed, Harris released a statement apologising for the regrettable joke. In a statement issued to Entertainment Weekly, Harris said, a photo recently resurfaced from a Halloween-themed party my husband and I hosted 11 years ago. It was regrettable then and it remains regrettable now. Amy Winehouse was a -a once-in-a-life, once-in-a-generation talent and I'm sorry for any hurt this image caused. Winehouse released two albums, 2003's Frank and 2006's Back to Black, which were both critically acclaimed following her death. A posthumous compilation Linus Hidden Treasures were released in 2011. Her death and struggles with substance abuse have been the subject of numerous documentaries, including the 2015 biopic Amy from director Asif Kapadia, which won the Academy Award for Best Documentary. Winehouse's Glastonbury performance from 2007 is set to be released on vinyl next month. Uh, to mark the show's 15th anniversary. In a statement announcing the release, Glastonbury co-organizer Emily Evis said that Amy Winehouse was a Glastonbury goer through and through. She either camped, she either came and played, or when she wasn't working, came and camped. She played in the blistering heat and the heavy rain, and there were so many magical moments to her performances. That'll be interesting to listen to. Um, so there you go. Yeah. Weird. Like weird. Really bad taste. Like. Very straight. Like, like. I
1: know it's a terrible thing to say, but when something happens like 10 years ago, I feel like you can do more stuff like that. And even at that, it's still bad taste. But like three months mm. after she died, mm-hmm. you know, it's very dark Too altogether. Mm-hmm. I remember, I remember, <laughs> I was living in England at the time and you were traveling mm-hmm. and you called me <laughs> after I were my died, and you were so upset. Oh my God. you remember so that? Sad. But you were mm-hmm. so upset because I think it was just an accumulation of like being traveling. Well, do you know what happened that day as well? That was the day
0: the guy... Killed all those people in Norway, the shooting. Yeah, that was bad. 30 or 40 40 people got killed on like a Labour Party retreat thing in Norway. And that was shocking. And then Amy Winehouse died. We were in this, we were in, oh God, what was it called? That place where you get all the clothes made in um, Vietnam. Mm. Hoi An, maybe. And, um, And I was so shocked. I was so shocked when she died. And then I was like, I think I was drunk as well, to be fair. It was when I came in from a night out. But because um, my friend Gareth actually was there at the time and we went on a massive booze up with him and his girlfriend. Um, so anyway, um, although I remember being in a, trying to look for a karaoke place and like these cows on the road and I was mad. But um, anyway, yeah, so I was very emotional and I remember distinctly watching like BBC World News and the presenter didn't have a clue who Amy Winehouse was and they were trying oh, to have a conversation oh. about them and I was so annoyed with them because I was like, you absolutely don't have a clue because like, I really rated her. her, her yeah, al- of I course. just thought she was an excellent musician, you know, and I thought Back to Black is one of the most amazing songs and the album's absolutely outstanding, you know. And, um, I just found it all a bit like false and empty and I was probably a bit lonely. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but it's it, when stuff like that happens when you're away, I
1: think it's very hard because yeah. you're like, I want to know what other people are feeling. And yeah. if there's not others around you or it's not a big thing around you, it's very mm-hmm. strange because mm-hmm. it's like this should be more of a thing that we're speaking mm-hmm. about, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, 27 Club, she, she um, was such a talent, like, so sad. But um, that documentary is worth watching If if anyone hasn't seen it. But actually, to my shame, I did see her live a couple of times at festivals. And the last time she played at Tea in the Park, we actually didn't stay and watch her because she was terrible. Uh, she was amazing. Yeah, but
1: I think at the end, though, wasn't the drugs kind of getting on top of her? And oh, she yeah. Was kind of she it was a bit like, you know, no, that day we were neither. like,
0: this is not good. Like she wasn't performing well. Yeah. She wasn't talking to the crowd. She was out of it. Like, yeah, it wasn't. I mean, we were like, this is rubbish. We went off and saw somebody else, which was sad. But there you go. That's the other side of it, isn't it? You know.
1: But unfortunately, like that is the music industry. Like, and you're literally there to entertain people, and if you mm. can't, then like people aren't going on stage. You know, eat them so. up and,
0: swat and spit them out. Yeah. you know, that's it. And if you've got any type of mental health problem, I saw a headline yesterday from Pete Doherty actually, who was one of her good pals, saying, "I can't believe I'm still alive." He's only forty-three. He looks about seventy. He's fucked. Yeah, like he's so, another yeah. person that was doing copious amounts of drugs, like hard drugs. You know, and yeah, I kind of can understand where he's coming from. So. There you go. Mm, that's that. Nice. So, um, yeah, we are so pumped for the weekend. Uh, we've <laughs> had this uh, WhatsApp group that's got all the girls who are coming on the hen. Um, poor old Nicola's not in that group. So that group has been flying and we are going to, we'll add that to you come Friday. Uh, <laughs> i use that come Friday. And, uh, yeah, so we've got some, I can't tell the listeners what we're up to because you don't know anything, <laughs> but you, what you do know is that the theme for, Friday night is unicorns (laughs) and (laughs) sequins. So it's going to be great. And uh, yeah, I can't give you, I I have to watch what I'm saying because I can't give away anything else because we want you to have lots of nice surprises. But it's going to be a weekend of uh, irresponsibility. (laughs) It's so funny because I've said it to a few people. I'm like, yeah,
1: no, I don't know anything. And they were like, geez, that's my worst nightmare. And I'm like, usually that would be my worst nightmare. I know, you're actually being quite good about it. very. I'm very intense like like when me and are going. I nearly have the entire week planned before Listen, we even get there like I'm very organised It's because you've
0: got the dream
1: team working on <laughs> it yeah, yeah Yes no big thanks to Kelly for whatever's to come and my lovely bridesmaids Elaine and Difa as well yeah. so it's going to be a great all weekend and to everyone of my gang that are going I'm absolutely thrilled obviously so mm-hmm. yeah we'll talk about it in two weeks time because we're taking yeah. a break next week apparently. We're going to take a break uh, next week because I'll be having a
0: break I'll be having a nervous Kelly's break mood down (laughs) next week Tuesday Wednesday next week Um, but yeah no it'll be all good yeah so I'll have moved and we've will had the hen and everything and I will be delighted with life after that yeah so um, we'll be in June will we June we'll be back it'll be June June. yeah it'll be June so um yep so we won't be here as I say for a couple of a week or two potentially we'll see um It just is about logistics. I don't even know if I'll have internet in my house when I moved there. Um, And yeah, but in the meantime, listeners, uh, oh, God, the other thing is uh, my new podcast came out, Testimony. Oh, yeah. um, Some of my buddies listened to it. Some of my buddies,
1: she listened to it, she enjoyed it.
0: Cool. So Testimony, The Body on CM Beach, if you look it up uh, on Apple or Spotify, I think think it comes under... testimony a true crime podcast if you're looking yeah. for it um so that first episode was out last friday and the second episode is out this friday so please have a listen it's my first foray into the genre of true crime um if you can get those true crime people like me hooked, I tell you, you'll yeah, have them for life. I know. We're very loyal well, this listeners, is only, the true crime yeah, people. <laughs> it's only a two part, you know, so it's easily digestible. Um, yeah, but it's, it's the same kind of people will go to look yep. for that
1: type. It's the same at that one that I listened to the... What's it called? But The one I talked about ages ago. There's, it was only really short for a season. But then they bring it out every few months and you kind of know to go back because you know it's good. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. you know, it's about getting, you know, well, this is the second series
0: in the testimony series. So the first one was about a murder in uh, Lee, which is kind of near Manchester. Oh, um, but a different producer made that like two years ago. So um, oh, so yeah. not half as good. <laughs> I actually, no, 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 it's good as well. I have, um, I'm only plugging my own one as well. Um, <laughs> I have an idea for a, uh, the next one, um so we'll see, but it's less, it's less kind of, it's not really like, oh, anyway, there's no point me going into it, but it's more yes. about sexism and inequality and things like that and how a particular woman was treated in a particular place at a particular time. That was absolutely appalling. So we'll see. Um so we'll see. Yeah. So everybody, take care, and we will catch up with you when we're back in a few weeks, and uh, we'll try to. Our voices will probably have just returned by then as well. I know. This yeah, yeah, yeah. The half the probably, women we were before. Yeah. But we'll uh, we'll put some stuff up on the socials as well, so you can see the state of us at the weekend. And uh, yeah. So thanks, everybody. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Weeks. Love you. Bye.